morning, ladies. Welcome to another amazing Monday. I am so excited to be here with you today. I know I sound um, nasally and that is allergies 100%. I don't know if allergies are crazy where you are, but here in North Carolina, allergies are through the roof and I can't breathe. <laughs> But it is okay. I hope you ladies are doing well. If the red live is at the top of your screen, you have got us live. If not, you can catch us on the replay. That's perfectly fine. You have me on the couch because the kids are having a super late breakfast today. So if you are thinking my mom game is off today, my mom game is off today too. You're not alone. <laughs> um, today we are talking about late night cravings and the crazes that we go into, why that happens, um, and what you can do to sort of get a handle on that and figure out why it's happening for yourself. But as always, I want to open up in prayer over you ladies. If there is something that you need prayer for, please drop a comment, an emoji. Um, you don't have to say it. It can be an unspoken prayer. That is perfectly fine. I want to make sure that I am praying over you. I go through all of these and make sure that I pray over you specifically during the day. So feel free to drop an emoji. And if you do want to share please share what you need prayer for too. Uh, Lord, we just come to you this morning with such thankfulness that we get to start another week um, here in your world that you created, Father. We thank you for guiding us through the weekend, guiding us through our difficult times, bringing us to our mountaintops. Lord, we just thank you so much for the word that you've given us to read and reflect on that no matter what season we are in, we can turn to your word and find hope and inspiration. And Lord, we thank you that even though sometimes the battles are not won, that the war already is, and we give all glory and praise to you. Father, I lift up those who are struggling. I lift up those who are having a hard time. I lift up those who um, are sad and are just not on that mountaintop right now. Father, I just ask that you surround them, touch them, heal them, remind them that they're not alone and that we are in this together. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your forgiveness, and your love. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we get to talk about cravings. And there's a few different pieces two cravings that I want to break down. And if you struggle with cravings, maybe you struggle with late night eating, which is specifically what we're going to talk about today. I'd love for you to drop a hands up emoji. Let me know. Yes, Heather, you're not alone with this. You're not alone with it either. And maybe you've got your cravings down pat. That's amazing. You can drop some bits and pieces here too and let us know if any of these tips and tricks worked for you or what's worked for you in the past. So most people, when they get their cravings, it happens during the evening and at night. And before we really break down what to do about cravings, I want to talk about why that happens. And it really comes from a term called ego depletion. 
all that means is that you only have good morning cynthia good morning sarah hi jessica oh your comments are on um a different side this morning that's new facebook is always changing things up on us um ego depletion what that really means is we only have so much self-control or um the ability to make decisions we only have so much of that good morning um that is like a muscle just like we would train your booty good morning carrie we also need to train your self-control we also need to train your motivation it is never uh, like a stable increase up you're like well i'm starting a healthy lifestyle change and it's gonna be great and it's gonna be uphill forever the same way i tell my clients the and everyone here your weight is going to ebb and flow your motivation your self-control your decision making ability also ebbs and flows it is not a constant it's not something that just grows in a direct line either. That's where ego depletion comes in and it affects things. So every single moment, even the small decisions we make are choices that are going into our motivation and our self-control. So in the morning, typically, and typically on Mondays, people are very motivated. They've binged on the weekend, they start out Monday morning, or they start out in a morning fresh, and they go, today's the day, today's the day. Has anyone said that before? I'm done, today's the day. Remember how many times we all say that on fad diets, a typical woman? If you watched our previous lives, you do, 126 times during our lifetime, we say, today's the day, yet we keep coming back to that right so why is that happening it's just because in the morning we feel ready to go we're making good choices i'm having my black coffee i've got my eggs and veggies in there feeling good lunchtime rolls around and whether you're at work or you're with the kids you're like you know what the crust of the grilled cheese looks great i'm just going to have a handful of fruit loops and a handful of jelly beans because these look good and then you go no 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 no, i'm not gonna do that and you start using your ability to make choices up and you go no by the end of the day you've said no so much that you don't have the ability to do it anymore it's it's a crazy phenomenon but tell me if this has happened to you you just say i'm done where you started off, today's the day, you end the day with I'm done, it doesn't matter anymore. And that's because all day you make decisions that deplete your ability to make better decisions for the end of the day. So do I take the dog for a walk? Do I get my car washed today? Do I clean the dishes or do I not clean the dishes? Do I make the beds? Do I exercise? All of these things, do I do more math with the kids? Do I have to do their homework? All of these decisions that we make as women every single day actually impact our healthy habits as well. Research has shown, <laughs> you know me, the science lady, research has shown that chronic dieters, so I'm talking about those women, typical women, 
who do 126 diets in their lifetime, averaging two a year. So if you hear that and you go, yeah, that sounds like me. I started keto. I started Atkins. I started this. I started that. This hurts you. Your ego depletion affects you more than people who do not diet at all and who do not uh, jump on the fad bandwagon dieting. Sarah says, I find that as long as I keep my food in check in my workplace, I'm a lot less uh, likely to munch. Bringing lunch. Yes, that is so true, Sarah. So she's talking about planning ahead, and we're going to get into that and how important it is, especially for people like me where I'm like, ooh, I can be frugal. I do love to spend money, but I can be frugal. And if I've spent money making lunch, I'm going to eat that lunch versus going out, right? So chronic dieters are more prone to ego depletion than non-dieters. And it's because people who are constantly in the mindset of diet apply so much willpower to controlling their food intake that they lose all self-control at the end of the day. They're so restricted during the day or they're so into food, 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 food. And that's the only decision that they're focused on, but they're making so many others that their ego depletion happens so much quicker. So in this study, they did dieters and non-dieters. They had one um, group of participants, both of them had to sit next to um, a bowl of snacks and it was um, everything. They had salty treats, sweet treats, savory treats. They had all of that. Um, then the both groups did, dieters and non-dieters. Uh, they had the opportunity to either sit near or far from the snacks. So most of the dieters sat far from the snacks, but were thinking about it more than those who just sat in a normal seat closer to the snacks and had a few and didn't think about it. Next, they were offered ice cream. Those non-dieters that sat closer to the snacks and only had a few decided they didn't want ice cream. But the ones that did, the dieters who sat farther away and only thought about that, had twice as much ice cream as those that did. So they ended up eating more calories, even though they were restricting themselves from the sweets in the first place. So do you see the pull that's constantly going on here? We're thinking about food so much and what we can't have and what we can't do and what we shouldn't have that when it comes time to treat yourself, you overindulge. That's the end of the day, right? You overindulge. So what can you do, right? What can you do to help yourself when you have these late night cravings? Well, one of the first things that you can do, just like Sarah said, is not overly restrict your daytime food intake. So many people say, oh, I'm at 1,200 calories or less. That is so detrimental to your metabolism. It's detrimental to growth. It's detrimental to your health in general. Stop restricting your daytime food intake. Figure out how many calories you need to be eating and spread it out. You don't need to live on crumbs. You don't need to live on one egg. 
You don't need to live on protein shakes. You don't need to live on protein bars. All of these things are you restricting your food during the day, which leads to a ravenous hunger at night. So one of the things that you can do is like Sarah did, prep out your day. Cynthia is one of my clients. Food prepping was, well, Cynthia, you can share it. Was that something you did before entering into the Methodized Mom program? And do you see the importance of us building that habit in now? Not only does food prepping help set you up for the day, because you can say, all right, I don't need to food prep, uh, food prep breakfast because you're motivated in the morning, right? I can use that motivation. But I am going to pack my lunch with the kids' lunches, get that set, and I'm going to crock pot a dinner for tomorrow. I already know what's on plan. I'm not thinking right now, what's for dinner? My husband's not calling me asking what's for dinner. We all know what's for dinner. And that's what it is. So food prepping, shopping, and you don't have to do a whole week of food prepping. That's too much. It's too overwhelming. Do one day at a time. Too much? Do one meal. One meal at a time and stop spending all day thinking about food. The next part is thinking about structured eating. A lot of times as moms, we say we don't have time, right? We're out of time. We don't have the time. We don't have the energy. We don't have the motivation. Has anyone felt that way? If I've messaged you or we've chatted at all, and I try to message and welcome everybody in here, but those three things are typically what women will say. I don't have the time. I don't have the motivation. I don't have the energy to put into this. If that is you, I'm going to raise my hand because I fall into those categories too. You're not alone, okay? But when you not only plan out your meals, but you plan out times to eat, you're more likely to stick with your healthy habits. So don't just throw together like, all right, I'm having breakfast. My typical breakfast is at 10. So don't judge me. My meal's here. I'll eat it after. But... Don't just go, oh, I'm going to eat when I wake up and I'll figure out when I'm going to have time for lunch. Set some structure to your day. 10 o'clock, breakfast. 12 o'clock, lunch. 6 o'clock, dinner. 3.30, snack. Good. And don't let that hold you back from anything else. <laughs> no idea, Sarah says. She has no idea. Jessica feels it. Cynthia, that is a great point, and I'll get to that too. So schedule the time. Ladies, we have timers on our watch. We have timers on our phone. We have A-L-E-X-I-A or A-L-E-X-A over there. I can't even say her name because she listens too much. We have ways to set timers to say, oh, it's time to eat, and I'm going to sit down and eat. Even if it's only 10 minutes, guess what? Make the kids food and they'll be fine with you. They're going to eat with you at dinner. Lunch is the hardest one. Set a time, stick to it, make a schedule. So first thing, stop restricting how much you eat during the day. No one needs to survive off a thousand calories. It's just not normal. It's not uh, realistic. It's not healthy, 
right? Super restrictive diets are quick. They'll get you some quick results, but they are never long lasting. Hence 126 diets the average woman tries. Second, plan out. Cook extra, like Cynthia said. You're making dinner? Great, double the portions, have it for lunch one day. Oh, you're making a big chicken salad like we had um, one of the recipes yesterday um, or a few weeks ago, that chicken or turkey salad. Make a big portion, save some extra. Even the recipe from this weekend um, is something I make in a huge batch and it's easy. All right, take my cup, measure it out, ready to go. The next thing that you might be a little thrown off by is a good night's sleep. How many moms get a good night's sleep? I'm gonna wait. I'm assuming there aren't many. My five-year-old still is in bed with me. My 11-year-old is having like bouts of insomnia, so he keeps coming in. I can't even tell you the last time I got like a full stretch of sleep. Most of the time we fall asleep and we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. And we're thinking of a million different things, which goes into our ego depletion and our willpower because we're pulling and pulling and pulling. You need to get a good night's sleep. Whether that means you take a 15-minute little siesta in the afternoon, whether that means you dedicate a day to say, I'm not doing anything, I'm going to rest. Maybe you don't sleep, but you get to rest during one day. You're not working out. You're not running all over the place. You're just content and being. There are things that you have to do. I know, Jessica, I'm going to have to wait a while, right? No moms get good night sleeps. No, none of us. I feel like even as they get older, you get more nervous because you're like, are they coming home? When are they doing this? And you're up later anyway. So we just never sleep. And then we get accustomed to it. I'm like, oh, four hours, we're good. You're not. You still need sleep. So how can you bring yourself into a state of relaxation at night? Throw down the electronics, put yourself into the word, do some meditation, bring yourself some peace. Also, guess what? Having a set bedtime helps. I know we're not 14. We don't need bedtimes. However, just like kids need a schedule in a routine, we do too. Like that doesn't change. We need our body to be working for us, not against us. And we just continually fight it. We're like, ah, I'm not going to eat now. Oh, I've got too much stuff to do now. Get yourself on a routine. I wake up. I go to sleep. It's one of the first things we track with my clients is your schedule. And we go, oh, wow. Okay. I have no sense of that. Great. Let's work and build that. Set your times for eating. Set your times for sleeping. Set your times waking up. Going back really quickly to a study about um, eating meals and eating restricted calories Eating three or more meals a day, the people that do that typically tend to not snack at night, but the people that only eat once a day or less tend to have a much harder time controlling their late night snacking. And we just covered this. Why would that be? If you're only eating once a day, you're not structured, you don't have a schedule around it, you're only thinking about food. And you're probably restricted. You're either so busy that you get to ravenous or 
you've had the wrong things in front of you all day that you just keep saying no, the end of the day comes, ego depletion. It's there. Yeah, Sarah says that when she um, does get home from work, she doesn't watch TV and she finds it easier to fall asleep. Yeah, that whole um, too much TV, too much cell phone, too much computer, that's all true. And it hurts your ability to sleep. Our brains aren't wired to be looking at this much blue light, right? So all you can do to control hunger is schedule it make sure you eat it and don't restrict. Now, the best eating frequency for c controlling hunger, that's different for every person. So Cynthia will tell you in my client group, there's, you know, Cynthia has however many meals she has, but Heather might have a different amount of meals. And Lori is going to have a different amount of meals. That's because everybody is different. And it takes some time and patience <laughs> what we always preach to our kids, right? It takes some time and patience to figure out. And sometimes it takes guided help to figure out what is perfect for my body. What is perfect for your body? Let's wrap this all together. So we know that ego depletion is something that happens now. We start the day strong, we end the day weak, and now we feel a failure and we go back into that cycle. Then we blame the diet. We blame this, we blame that. And it really is just our ability to grow and stick with something to grow our motivation, to grow our willpower, and to grow our decision-making abilities. What can we do? Obviously, plan your meals. We talked about that. Schedule your meals when you're going to eat. Sleep. Get your rest. And it doesn't always have to be sleep. It can just be a state of rest. But things that can also help you when late night cravings come into play, you can increase your mood. And I know that seems so silly. Like, okay, you know, like they tell you, I've, I made phone calls for a long time. And when we would make phone calls, they would say, smile, you sound different on the phone. You'll just be happier. Even if you're not happy, smile when you're making the phone call. That works not only for other people to hear your happiness, but to trick your brain. Because guess what? Your brain is going to tell you, no, no, you know, the angel and the devil. No, don't do that. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. Do this, do that. Your brain is always going to be fighting it. So we need to trick it sometimes. Like, yep, yeah, we're in a good mood. How can you help yourself get into a good mood? Research found that people who are more likely in a positive mood not only maintain weight lost, but they also have less ego depletion than those who are currently are constantly looking at things with a negative mindset. So there are two ways to look at every situation, right? I'm going to use my live as an example. Oh no, I have to go live at 10. That means I have to work out earlier today. Or I get to go live at 10, chat with some amazing ladies, get to not see their faces, but chat back and forth with them. And I get to work out a little earlier. In fact, if I don't want to work out earlier, I'm going to have time right after. Hence why I'm dressed ready to go. And I'm going to work out after. It's going to be fine. Awesome. Those are two ways of thinking. One way of thinking, oh, my kid is being, uh, you know, whatever, 
today, all over the place. He's always like this, that all or nothing thinking whenever you're using always or never or any type of word like that. I never have energy. I never have the time. Or you can say, I don't have that time right now, but I can have time later. I'm going to move some things around. There are two ways to look at every situation. It's not easy. It's so hard to rewire your brain, especially in the world that we're living in, where it's just negative news and negative information and negative things being pumped into us all the time. Switch it upside down. It's what God does all the time. Flip it. Shake it up. Get positive. Fake it till you make it. Put a smile on and get into that better mood. It's not only good for everyone around you. It's good for you and your health and your decision making, right? The next thing that kind of ties into that is to change your outlook. So instead of people um, looking at things short term, like cookie, no cookie, cookie, no cookie, think big picture. And it's something I work with my clients on a lot. What's your big picture? That has to come into play. Because we're not always going to have the strength in our egos to make the right decision, but we are always going to have a big goal in mind that we're working for. That has to be your outlook. Not the short-term little decisions, but the long-term. What decisions are you making today to better your tomorrow? Look at your big pictures, and it might not be your tomorrow. It might be your next year. It might be your next five years. It could be anything, but look big picture and not just so much in the moment. And the last thing is just to think over and pray over what matters to you. Self-affirmation helps. You are good enough. You are a child of God. You are loved. You are called. You do have a purpose. All of those things help to affirm who you are, right? And when you start speaking words over yourself that are not indicative of what God thinks of you, then you spiral into the devil's trap and go down and then you say, nothing matters anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. But when you affirm yourself with what God has spoken over you, you walk a different way, right? You hold yourself in a different manner. You really feel like you are that child of God because you are. You start to speak it and then you will believe it and you hold yourself differently. You act differently. The choices aren't all about you anymore. They're about something bigger. They're so you can continue on doing God's work through you and allowing him to do that, having the energy to do that. You need to hold dear to those things. So when the when you're feeling exhausted and you're feeling stressed, take a moment to trigger that and have it be like a Pavlov dog moment to get into the word and be reminded of who you are in the things that matter the most. Because you know what? The food doesn't matter the most. It's everything else, right? How else we're impacting people, how else we're helping friends, how we're raising our kids, how we're interacting with coworkers. That's what matters. Not the cookie, not the donut. That's what matters. So I hope that this was 
a helpful live to you and it really kind of breaks down why we have these cravings at night. And I'd love to know, for you, is it that you're depriving yourself too much during the day? Lack of sleep? Every mom should have their hand up for that. Maybe it's that you're not scheduled or meal planned or you don't have a good solid foundation to know even where to begin on your health journey. If that is you, drop a me or drop a, a comment in the um, comments below and I'll reach out to you. We can talk about what that looks like to make a solid foundation for not health now, not health short term, health long term, generational chain breaking health that is going to help you help your children, help their children, help your husband, your in-laws, anyone that you come in contact with that you say, yeah, this is foundational health and it's based on good foundational faith in who I am and who I was called to be. If you need help with that, drop a comment, let me know. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was and what you plan to implement this week to help with those late night cravings if you have it. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Yes, she says stress. <laughs> Cynthia, we are working on that. Sarah, thank you so much. You are amazing ladies. I hope you have a glorious week. And as always, if you need anything at all, comment in the group, send me a message. I am here for you. Awesome time today, ladies. I had so much fun chatting with you and I will talk to you next week. I actually have a surprise at the end of the week for you. So you're going to want to make sure notifications are on and I will talk to you soon. Bye everybody.